Today on the show, we have Joey Chu, Metal Gear Solid 2 superfan known for being first in line at several PlayStation hardware launches and for being included on Sony's PlayStation mural. I've been to Japan twice, have not had sake. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm furious with you now because that's like, those are life goals for me, man. I'm so sorry. I'm Fingers. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. <laughs> someone someone linked me to an Onion article recently that was like, man hasn't heard or seen a single true thing in six years. <laughs> and said, this reminded me of you. Aww. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, what did we want to cover first? I see the top, the top point here is like, yeah, our doctor's note, I guess. Yeah. Um, and fingers, you can cut this out if you want. Um, but I'll just be quick about it. So in case anybody is wondering why we did not have an episode last week, uh, my dad had a stroke, which, uh, kind of caught everybody off guard and, you know, thankfully he's doing much better now. Um, Seems like, you know, the best case scenario all around, and he's at home recovering and relaxing and being surrounded by loved ones, but uh, took some time off to kind of process that, and um, yeah, that's been been kind of a a sobering thing for me. Anytime anytime a parent gets ill like that, it sort of of changes your perspective on a lot. Oh, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, that's... uh, so thankfully, like like I said, everything seems to be uh, on the up and up now, and uh, I am uh, back and ready to go. I'm so happy for you, dude. Seriously, I'm I'm glad things are kind of stabilizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's you don't really see that coming. Uh, least of all him. Yeah, it's so, good uh, to hear. You know, back on track and just you know recovering and go hug your parents. Definitely. Call them, hug them, spend time with them. You never know how long you're going to have. Father's Day is right around, the, right around the corner, guys. Make sure you have a gift. Yep, make it as corny as possible. Yep. Mm. Themed yeah. ties all around. And don't give it to them in, like, Arlington National Cemetery, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Unless it's, like, thematic. God, I pissed somebody off there. Anyways, <laughs> and as, we're as back. far as uh, what I've been playing, God, I hate to admit this, but I had a friend reach out and suggest, hey, why don't we get the crew together one last time and we uh, we try out like WoW Classic since a bunch of us oh, wow. just had the same like history in WoW. Um, hmm. And then like the day after we decided to do that, like Blizzard was like, oh, by the way, guys, Burning Crusades coming out in like three weeks. Good luck. Uh, so I've been like rushing to get to 60 before um, next Tuesday. And it's so funny because my birthday is actually in. What is this? What's I'm sorry, I'm really tired. I have to do the now, you're making here. this sound like Ocean's Eleven. 
two hours and 30 minutes, and I haven't thought about that date. I've just been thinking about, like, June 1st. Like, I gotta get this finished before June 1st, man. <laughs> so that's been my life. Uh, and then outside of that, and I know we want to talk about that as well, um, I've been doing a lot of the New Game Plus shit for Resident Evil. Mm. Don't let me be the only person, because that was really shameful to admit. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna come back to Resident Evil, but uh, Joey, what have you been playing? Um, so did anybody happen to beat a game made by Konami this week? <laughs> because I finally hit two hundred percent completion of Pixel Puzzle Collection, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, is he talking about Bomberman? Yeah, gets I, you about I was about to say, I was like, how do you beat Bomberman? Like, you gotta get all the skins. I got the backpack for Big Boss. It's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> but I was like, because you do the hundred, because it's like their Pixel Puzzle Collection is like their was their pick pick cross riff, you know, for free. You can play it on the phone, and it's just a bunch of. Uh, because every puzzle, as they are in these Picross type games, like it's, it's iconography, like char- characters or icons from whatever thing they're based off of. There's Pokemon Picross and Mario Picross and all that. And Konami, they just dug into the well. They had Tokimeki Memorial, which is funny because I'm saying that first instead of saying Metal Gear. I mean, like instead of saying Gradius or Castlevania, you know, the things that people actually played here in the States. But, you know, there was a bunch of stuff like, and you know, again, Bomberman, all that stuff, all those characters and... I was like, yeah, this is a fun time to play for free. And I occasionally get fed pop-up ads for Pro Evo Soccer over and over and over. Because <laughs> this game <laughs> came out a couple right. of years ago. And I remember like when it did when it did hit, like the ads were fresh for Yu-Gi-Oh! app or Castlevania. Like when Castlevania or Gradius had those download versions, that was like the collections. And I was yeah. like, get I would they would serve those ads up. And nowadays it's just Pro Evo, Pro Evo, Pro Evo. I'm like, sure, I guess. <laughs> and how's this look like in Japan? You get ads for their fitness clubs. What's going on? But it was I fun mean, just to hit that. Uh, just to hit that landmark. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, always wanted to to visit a Konami Health Club. Just for the record, <laughs> you guys are talking would... about like eating fish and stuff. I'm like, I want to go there, <laughs> get fit. I think I I'd just go it. as far as hit like the front desk and take a free like business card that has the Konami logo on there, <laughs> and then just jet. <laughs> I was like, I got no residency. You ain't gonna lock me up in here. You can't. I wonder, they can't get me to sign up. I wonder. I wonder how many people they have, like how many customers come in just like to be like, "I'm here," and then just walk away. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in Japan, it's probably very different because they're more associated with that. You don't really think about it, you know. That's or, true. Like, insurance or like whatever, like, like other mundane thing. Yeah. Yeah, for us, it's like they are the video game company, but in Japan, they're you know they're they're multifaceted. So it's it's probably a different perspective. But yeah, I would absolutely go there and steal a business card. Right. Well, I mean, it's it would be the same thing for me. And, you know, going back to my analogies for me, it would be like like going into the mall and seeing that like like Samsung had a smoothie shop now. Um, (laughs) You know, it'd it'd be something that, like you said, makes sense because they're a conglomerate. But at the same time, be like, "Hmm, well, hi, would you like a large galaxy swirl? Oh, man, that actually sounds really good, though. They've got like that edible glitter in it. Oh man, it's better than like a Herbalife shop. Like a Milky Way. <laughs> yeah, so that's the one game I feel comfortable talking about on here. <laughs> uh, Picross. Yeah, it was, and and like it was, uh, you know, beating it and being like, oh, hey, I can delete this off my phone with a clear conscience now. Well, yeah, now yeah. you have to move on to Frogger and Toy Town. Mm. 
I was about to say, did it have any like gotcha mechanics? Oh, definitely not. No. Okay, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was impressed. I was genuinely like, oh, y'all ain't making any like none of that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Pull a lever to unlock a puzzle. That's really, really weird when you think about it. Given their shift to mobile development, you would think that they would lean harder into gotcha since it seems like that's where most of the money is. And to be fair, I reckon there's at least one gotcha game by Konami in Japan that has to that has right, to internationally right. go on. Sorry. Yeah, there, well, I know there's a big baseball game that's like their big moneymaker in Japan. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but GQ Power Pro. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And like, I think that's a gotcha, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm surprised that pro that pro Evo game, that mobile one that keeps getting advertised to you. I'm surprised that's not gotcha because I know that like even EA with FIFA, they've gotten super like gotcha with the with the console game. It might be. I mean, they've got their yeah eFootball PES 2021, which you know that's a mouthful, but. Like it's not a huge game in the U.S., but it's also not really for the U.S. Like that's a game that's bigger globally, and I think that's where their strategy has sort of been pointed for a while. Well, have any of y'all played the the Super Bomberman R, the online one yet? I have it downloaded. I'm uh, ready I, to go. I know I have no excuses, but I haven't I haven't played it. I just have it downloaded. You know, it's free download, but you know, there's some just like cosmetic stuff, and you can. Get little, uh, little different like celebrations and sayings and dances and shit. So, well, it was getting review bombed on Steam actually because really, well, yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, some of it was your typical like, oh fuck Konami, like you know that kind of crap. Uh, that, you know. Lame, right? Like, come on, it's twenty twenty one. Get over it. Um, <laughs> but I guess a big part of it was that you have to pay nine ninety nine for the premium uh, edition, which unlocks a bunch of things. And one of the things that it unlocks is the ability to create private lobbies. Otherwise, mm. you can only sort of play randomized, which is, if I remember right, isn't that how, like, Tetris 99 worked or whatever it was called? I mean, that's like, yeah. that's what the game is. It's like, a, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those, like, just like Battle Royale type things that, like, you know, just starts at, I think it's 64, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I mean, dude, we're freaking spoiled rotten. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I give people say. a free game and they're going to find something wrong with it. <laughs> I've played about like 10 rounds on it. I've gotten like top 10, you know, like I haven't won yet, but it's uh, that's fun. Keep trying. I believe in you. I'll get it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. though. <laughs> like, uh, you can use like a uh, naked snake or whatever. And like that's that's the one person that you have unlocked at the beginning, at least for me, it was uh and his like special ability, uh, you, you just press X and then he goes invisible uh, for like, I don't know, about 10 seconds or something. And just nobody can see where you are. So you can just run up behind somebody and place a bomb real quick. Or if you have like multiple bombs, <laughs> just place one real quick, run and then yeah. place another one. Just, like, that's kind of great. Yeah. So you just, that's, you just the, best, <laughs> that's the good shit. You've just yeah, got stealth camo and Bomberman and just fucks people up. I did, I did get a couple of people with that. That's very satisfying <laughs> when you do. I'm just glad David Hayter's getting work as Snake, even if it's for Bomberman. Yeah. I remember when he was, like, back on Smash for Ultimate, and I was like, man, what a bookend for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, did he even record new lines for that? Because I think they just recycled what was there for Brawl. I think, yeah, I think you might you're be right. right. Yeah. They, were there not any new Coda conversations for the new characters? No, I don't think wasn't. so. Oh, actually, yeah, that might have just been a Brawl thing. That's right. Yeah. Cause those were those were pretty cool. 
Mm. Enjoyed those a lot. Gotta imagine. It's like, who's the Sephiroth guy? (laughs) (laughs) But he'd have to record like 50 new conversations. What's going on? (laughs) Stay away, snake. (laughs) Chop your waifu in half. Oh my god. Just Raiden just pops in. He has such a long sword. What's going on? (laughs) Anyway. What was uh, the um there was one recording there was one codec conversation in Brawl that he had where he's like, Nope, just don't like him. What was that? Is that Luigi? Uh, I think it was Luigi, yeah, you're right. Oh Wait, was it yeah, yeah. Or no, I think was it Sonic? I, I'm pretty sure it was Luigi because then like Colonel was like talking about how Luigi's always like second banana and then eventually it, it towards the end, I'm pretty sure it pivots into him being AI Colonel. And then he's like, Colonel! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. <laughs> oh no, but it wasn't that. It was it was some uh reference that um no, it was. It was Sonic. It was Sonic because oh, I guess um where he was like, you know, something about Sonic this or something about this hedgehog just rubs me the wrong way and <laughs> I just don't like him. And I guess that was a joke that got lost in translation because Akio Atsuka voices Robotnik. Oh, very oh. nice. Or yeah. so, or something like that. I'm I like someone's gonna correct me on that, but I'm I think that's what it was. I thought it was because like hedgehogs, like if you try to pet them, they're like it hurts. <laughs> yeah, I thought there might fingers. have been like a like a snake hedgehog type thing, like the animals. Also possible, yeah. But uh True. Yeah, I think it was I think it was like okay, I'm gonna Google this now. Like hold on. I always like God. listening to the, the conversation about Captain Falcon in Japanese because Otacon's uh Seiyu also voices Captain Falcon from the anime. So he's not like trying to sound like Otacon saying Falcon Punch, he's just straight up going Falcon Punch as Captain Falcon. <laughs> it was it was oh, okay. It was Akio Otsuka's father who voiced oh. Robotnik. That's why. Oh. Uh. Okay, it reminds you nice. how how like Japan was spoiled in, in in MGS2, where they had like Meryl's VA voicing like Olga as well, and then mm, like the yeah, Snake yeah. VA voicing you know Solidus and 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 Snake. And it's it's not as if yeah. I'm like upset about that. Like I get that it was an artistic choice, but yeah, it's a cool like meta narrative. I don't know. Yeah, there's a layer we're we're kind of missing without having those same voice actors. Yeah. Right. You know what would be and sick, I, though? If they had updated the voice acting with, like, the fact that, well, it'd be kind of awkward, but, like, you know, Chico is voiced by the same dude who does Pit. Yeah, yeah. Could, oh, like, that would be that would be interesting. I think, actually, like, with Smash Brothers Ultimate, like, with the story mode, you go through different, like, characters that are particularly aligned with, like, tangibly aligned with the character you picked. And I'm pretty sure one of the levels you fight Chico. I would have to, you know, I, not Chico. I'm sorry, a pit. <laughs> as like Chico for Smash. There we go. Just but <laughs> as long as it's based on that concept art, we're like the bottom say. half of his jaw is missing, and he looks all wow, like hardcore. Like you that's think not going to happen. Screws at but. people, foot screws. <laughs> that's, that's his B. <laughs> his final smash is he pulls the headphone jack out and yeah. his chest and like power shoots out or something. I don't know. This is why I'm just, not in you charge just hear, of Smash. You just hear, here's to you the whole way. The rest, for the rest of the fight. The sound wave just does about 35 damage. This pirate crackdown's a go. 
Now you got me looking at like Smash dialogue because they had Politana and have you guys ever played um fuck what was it uh, uh, Uprising Kid yeah Kid Icarus Uprising I did they, not they yeah there's there's like the dialogue really kind of carries that game and it's Politana Politana trying to like teach Ike about the world or teach Pit about the world and shit like that. Uh, and they put it in Smash, and now you got me looking for what they say about Snake. Right, that that was the the substitution. They had those conversations instead of the Codex. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that's it. So uh, we were talking about the voice actors and like you know uh, English and Japanese side, and it's funny because like uh, something I the past year being the past year was, and you know having a lot of time to catch up on stuff or just pick up stuff that you hadn't done in a while, and I was like, you know what, you only live once. I think I will give this Gundam thing a shot. <laughs> oh Lord! So that's exactly what I did. I went through uh, the because the the series like like the series art like I guess auteur sort of director uh, Yoshiki Tomino. Like I spread through his run of the of what people call the Universal Century, like that that whole like timeline run of uh, like main stories around the conflicts in the in that you know in that whole uh, franchise that they wrote between. Or Federation and Xeon, and there was a lot of you know just uh because you know voice actors you know you do the job and there's a lot of jobs you do for, like for anime and games and whatnot a lot of crossover between Metal Gear and Gundam, like a lot. I heard that. And Japanese. <laughs> David Hater voices Bernie Wiseman in 0080 War in the Pocket. <laughs> You're going to hate me. I know very little about Gundam. I've seen very little of Gundam. I don't know. And that what was exactly it was, that was exactly but... me for until last year. So you know, I, I totally it's... get it. It's been on my list of like I need to catch up on this. I need to understand it. Like my like this is a priority at some point I know that I have to get to, but for some reason I haven't. I guess it's just it's so daunting. Like if you look at the list of yeah, Gundam there's so many series, variations like, and different Yeah, even if you just types, look at the yeah. like I said the UC stuff. It is it right. is quite a quite a lot. So which is mm-hmm. where should I start? <laughs> just like on Mobile Suit Gundam and just watch the original? Absolutely. Cuz yeah, original 0079 Mobile Suit Gundam, the that first like thirty ish episode run, totally. Yeah, just like people will say, oh, just watch the the condensed three movie part. Don't you lose so much? There are so many like episodes they did like for for because you know it's a weekly television yeah. show they did for kids, and there were a lot of stories that they don't put in the movies that make that show like some like you'll get an episode where oh it just focuses on like the the principality of Xeon, like the focus focuses on an encampment, like a group of soldiers who are like, you know, I hear if we take out the Gundam, we can go home. We can just go home. We're like, we're done with, we're done with this shit and we can just go home and leave <laughs> earth. So this is just an episode. It's called time. Be still. It's one of the best episodes of, of original Gundam. And it's not in the movie at all. And it's like, what did you guys do? And like, what they did was they tried to make a thing that people could just hit the theater and watch and maybe update some animation. But like a lot of the, it's, you know, I sound like a fanboy, obviously, but like a lot of the soul, like the stuff that makes Gundam Gundam yeah. is like seeing those, like, like not, not just seeing like both sides, but seeing all sides of this encompassing conflict that happens to like encompass many in game, in like in game, Jesus, uh, in show like decades. And, you know, and I completely get that. Yeah. I completely get that because they did the same thing with standalone complex where they Mm -hmm. did the, uh, the individual 11 movie and the laughing man movie where it was just like, like you said, they condensed those primary plot point episodes into just sort of like a two hour feature. But it loses everything in the in the middle. 
Like, I'm pretty sure like the Laughing Man movie didn't have that the part like that's the episode where like that one like spider tank was taken over by that person. Yes, yes, that's or, my favorite like episode, episode of Standalone like, Complex. Yes, yeah, or like the episode where it's basically breathless, but it's that like that one like a robot model, android model that's based on like a, the likeness of his actress, and then this one guy was having all the other models killed off so he could have the one. And oh, like I'm, I'm sure, I bet that wasn't in the Laughing Man movie either. I, I yeah, I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I watched that, and I, I just remember thinking like this is not good. And I happen <laughs> to specifically remember those episodes because standalone complex. I only watched the first four episodes because I remember watching reading the. I mean, just watching the UMD over and over on my PSP, <laughs> and it was those first four episodes, and that's why I remember. But yeah, Solid State Society, the the movie they did, the OVA, that was really good as well. Hmm. That was a standalone, uh, ironically, uh, or fittingly, I guess. But yeah. uh, that was sort of like closing out that uh, that entire arc, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was like uh, the last statement on that uh, that that strain of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I guess now we're we're back with uh, what uh, Sack Twenty Forty Five. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it'll it'll stay being a thing. It's a popular franchise, and so is Gundam. <laughs> and today yeah. they announced a bunch of Gundam seed, and like and there's a lot of stuff. Like even if you just like I said, even if you just look at the stuff that's like the core, like Universal Century, like one line of history, one timeline where they try to tell this like story about like uh between Earth and space and everything. It is very daunting. Uh, like the the way I would say is definitely like do it chronologically. Not mm-hmm. not like release order. Not not like don't watch a thing and then watch a thing that happens chronologically the year after that. Like 0080 is great, but I would say watch that after you've watched like those first three TV shows and then the big movie. Right, because they'll build on top of each other, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like, because it is hilarious. Like you talked about how you didn't watch a lot of Gundam and like neither did I. Like it was it was a thing that it was just on TV. It was on Tsunami. Like I would watch an episode of Wing or so. Or G yeah. Gundam, like I saw the ones that ha- I happened to watch, be like in front of the TV, in front of the episodes that mattered, the ones at the beginning and the ones at the end, the big fights, and I was like, that's like this is cool, robots are cool, and uh, <laughs> and like they played them, like they we got the shows in like this different order. We got we didn't get any Universal Century thing until 2001, and then they stopped broadcast with like because 9/11 happened, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> the only Gundam series I ever watched uh, and had sort of a lasting interest in, and I'm sure that there are Gundam fans who are going to hear this and want to put me on a pike, but uh, mm. it was when they aired uh, 8th MS Team on on Toonami. That was kind of what, like, that was that caught my interest. For some reason, Wing didn't, and I don't know mm. why. Maybe I was just too young to appreciate it, mm. but... Yeah, I know. I can. I can hear you judging me right now. No, I'm, I'm thinking through. I'm thinking through it. Like, cause I also like. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of Wing. I did see 08 MS Team. A lot of people actually do love 08 MS Team, because uh, because um, is that how like it's Gundam, pronounced? Is 08 uh, MS Team? Because like it's been a long time. Uh, it, I'll give you. I'll give you this. Peter Cullen said 8 MS Team in that tsunami promo. So you know that's so I get so I get it. And like it makes sense. Just say 8. <laughs> but like some people are like 08. Like because and like in the. Reading it out in the Japanese title, it is 08. But it's like, eh, you know, not going to lose any sleep over it, you know. And like I said, Peter Cullen said it, 8th MS team. I'm like, yeah. You and do honestly, you. I can't even remember any of it. I just remember yeah. liking it. 
Yeah, and uh, like, yeah, definitely like a a way th- like it has some stuff that people really like about it, like the the way they lean into because there's always this delineation, but like you know, genres are fake, but people like to be like, oh, super robot stuff, and then there's real robots where it's way more hard sci-fi, and and uh, a way does kind of lean more into that, like showing how like the the variant Gundam they have in that show is like they need maintenance all the time, and like the fights are like really well animated as all hell. And there's less of um, the th- the thematic new type stuff that uh, that permeates Tobino Gundam, like the stuff that he did in that first initial run from uh, from Double Seventy Nine to Zeta to Double Zeta into the Shars Counterattack movie. So, what's your take on uh, Netflix doing a, a live adaptation? <sighs> Here's Dead. where I'm going to be a fanboy about it because <laughs> Dead Silence. I, I'll tell you that was a uh, that was a day where I had a like the I had to take a knee. I was like, God, dude, you got the Kong Skull Island guy on this, <laughs> really, <laughs> really. You got the guy who wants to make a Metal Gear Solid movie and says he's gonna do it to Kojima's vision, as if he can't just make a Metal Gear Solid movie. And I am actually, in fact, holding my. My, my head in my hands right now as I talk into the mic but I'm just like and it's like people were never it was it was gonna be hard to be optimistic about this because it is like a Hollywood production and it's gonna there, and like you know there's a lot going on with Gundam and when you're gonna like as with anything you know and editation wise and it's gonna be hard to do a thing like that as a movie like and we'll see if it, it gets franchised like it's largely happening because sunrise is like yeah the 40th anniversary let's get this thing going let's uh, hit the green light why not and because you you know we, we can count on we can count how many times kojima has been like yeah metal gear movie totally happening but like and that's been happening with gundam <coughs> for over the years and and now we have like writer we got brian k vaughn like exec producing i think and writing the thing and then now jordan Fro roberts is going to direct it so you know kojima is back at work so there is uh, <laughs> yeah so and he's 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 wearing that the holy mountain shirt, and that's that's a little concerning. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're really gonna go on this next project, guys. <laughs> I know so little about that, but just from reputation alone, I it, it seems like yeah, maybe I should be worried too. It does end on a really cool thing that like it spoiler probably influenced his just like you know if, if he saw it a while ago uh just like the whole fourth wall thing where it just it breaks almost like a, a monty python uh like ending where it just like kind of stops and pans out and shows the camera crew and stuff and, on on that note about like panning out and like like kind of like making you think about like the way you were relating to a media um because like I was because after watching that that first run of Gundam, I was like, "What else has Tomino, like this director, done?" And then I was like, "Oh, this thing called uh, people are talking about oh this uh, space runway Ideon, the this other like anime. He basically he did this right after like that initial Gundam, like the very first Gundam series, like wrapped, and he was like, "Okay, we gotta keep the ball rolling, right?" Like when he's talking to the studios or whatever, and like the the companies making the anime, and he's like, "Oh, I'll do this thing." Um, like the toy companies have showed this thing about these transforming truck. Yeah, that's the one with like the Optimus Prime looking mecha, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very red, white, uh, less blue, but like it's like a three like trucks and like ships, and they combine into this giant, literal giant, uh, called the the Edeon, and uh, it has a, I guess a, I guess a fairly uh, known reputation for being like extremely violent for a kids show, 
Because you think about like this, this was a show like made. These are shows made to sell toys, you know, and like shown for kids. And you're just watching this. You're like, wow, you're you're going for it with this. And you're just like, you're like, you're not dumbing this down at all. And but then like it's funny because like, and and this isn't like me trying to overcorrect because because I happen to watch a lot of anime and so I'm giving it like more breadth. But then like, it really does come across as like, well, you're doing this with you know, due respect to what you're portraying on the screen. You're not just being like violent for the sake of the violence, you know, because people like they make they like, um, I'm gonna sound defensive and that's going to be funny. Uh, but like people do like to make those jokes about how it's like, like the most violent, like show. And like Tomino has like this, uh, the director Yoshiki Tomino has this like reputation for being someone who kills off all his characters in his works, which, uh, it does happen a lot in, I guess, apparently in a lot. And it happens in Ideon. Oh, that, that's, uh, I guess that's a spoiler. But light spoiler. Whereas Kojima only kills his characters after bringing them back to life at least once. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm back just in time to die again. <laughs> and it's like, oh. hmm. But yeah, so, like, uh, but Edeon hit well, I thought. And you did you did have a good point the uh the other day, uh Nitroid talking about like, you know, Konami's not gonna be at E3, but we don't know if Kojima's gonna be there or not. Well, if he's back at work, I mean, okay. We know that. Konami has said, okay, Konami has said they're not going to be at E3. All right. So we can, we can, we can put Metal Gear to the side. That's not, that's not going to happen right now. Okay. Whatever whatever they're doing. This this is feeling like an episode of Real Housewives, like following who went to a party. (laughs) Love it. But please continue. Um, Sony (laughs) is also. That's a bad thing. (laughs) Let me talk more about Victory Gundam. Wait, Sony is another one though. They're not going to be there as well because they they dropped out of E3 a while ago, mm-hmm. right? What even yeah. is E3 now? I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know what to even define it as. Like, is it an online event? It's it, like it's exclusively online now, right? So, do you need like to get a pass to watch it online, or is it being brought? Like, I, what is it? Does anybody know? I yeah. would imagine. If I were to guess an event plan myself, is that they're going to have like Nintendo Direct-esque like feeds for everybody and then maybe yeah. more interactive, intimate settings for those who get the, the presser. I guess. I'm honestly, I mean, again, this is this is if I were to do it, I'm sure. Well, all right. Let I me... don't make money doing this, so. The whole point of Nintendo pulling or not. Well. Nintendo sort of pulled away from E3 as well, but the whole reason like Sony pulled away and E3 was sort of becoming less um less of a focal point, less I hate to use the word legitimized, but in a way kinda um it was because these companies were realizing, you know, we can show this stuff off on our own terms, on our own schedule. <laughs> through the internet and we don't call it state of play yeah like we don't uh, yeah. need e3 to do this so why are we wasting new cycle yeah exactly so why are we going to all this trouble and putting all this money in and doing you know you know what, what's the point when we can just you know handle it ourselves so the fact that e3 has gotten like microsoft on board and nintendo on board and and they seem to be you know regaining some relevance uh uh, like, th- what's going on here? Like, why uh, why is it that they could come back swinging like this? Yeah, and Sony would always, like, put in, like, the most fucking money in the stuff and do the, like, over-the-top, 
you know, just displays and like events. Oh my stuff. god, like that, that, that last one the that they did. Yeah, they had the orchestra. Orchestra the, the one year, year that I was there. I think uh, 2018, and it was just like I was like, uh, you had to like walk to here? different pavilions for each game. Yeah, or yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't there for any of that stuff. I, I skipped out on it, but I was just like, uh, this is hilarious. Like watching it online, and then just like having to, them having to cut back to like the basically the newsroom, and just like they were just like, awkwardly sitting there and having to talk through a thing. Yeah. Between, I was like, wow. Yeah, it was just like, where are the games at? I was in one of the um I was in one of the theaters that they were live streaming it to, so like we were watching that whole thing as it was happening in a theater, which was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah I remember getting a giant because movie theater concessions, like the, the those sodas are gigantic. So they gave like a, a vanity, like a free like Sony E3 branded cup. <laughs> yep, I've got that <laughs> cup. A giant cup right there. <laughs> <laughs> I did the last year I went to like an actual E3 was the the year that Kojima didn't show up. Like like the 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 year after his last year being there for Konami, oh, um, that was the year that like the the Elegia trailer was shown off. But um, what was cool is that I was about um, I want to say about ten rows back from the stage uh, at the Sony conference when they announced Rapid Fire. You know, The Last Guardian's back, Final Fantasy VII remake, Shenmue Three. And it was like, uh, like, uh, is this real? Like, like, I didn't know how to process it. And like, after The Last Guardian was was shown off again, like Fumito Ueda stood up like three rows in front of me. I'm like, oh, my God, what? Like, it was (laughs) like, I didn't know how to handle any of that. But it was it was pretty amazing. That was that was wild in the theater. Like, like watching that. (laughs) Oh, people were screaming when when like. When FF7 remake was like when it was clear like that's what it was. Uh, oh my god, the sound in that room was was something else. Uh, I'm just thinking back to like recording the theater audio just cuz I remember I used to do a podcast more regularly as well and just like and just like I would intersplice that like the audio from the theater <laughs> and I was remembering like when Adam voice is on the stage and behind him you just see like the the live stream looking like the XMB looking live stream thing and the and I just out loud I was like shut up <laughs> like before he even like pivoted to the trailer <laughs> you know what E3 press conference I want to be I wanted to be in person for that's a 2010 Konami conference oh with like Takumi my god and like you will be very sucked and one million troops wow if you just press x x x y y y x x x y y y again you will be sucked and then uh yeah they had that like awkward like dance game i don't even remember what that game was dance masters dance masters that's right yeah (laughs) they had that guy there (laughs) oh man that was something else i think i watched that like 20 times man can we get tak fuji on the show because that would be fun Dude, I have so many questions for Tak Fuji. The freaking the guy standing behind the other guy, <laughs> the way the camera was, it made him look really close. Yes, the guy was like standing like real close to the guy, like right behind him or whatever. I don't. <laughs> the way the camera was, it made him look like he was looking really just staring daggers at him. And Wait, the, was that the um? Was that translator son? Was that the joke that? No, year? no. Uh, that uh, translator son was uh was for uh, for Gran Turismo PSP. Oh right, right, right. Twenty ten, I think. Uh, but uh, but but yeah. Also a freaking. Uh, 
God, it's hilarious. Like thinking about Konami and then thinking about Shinto Nojiri and be like, how's that guy doing? I hope he's all right. Like I always thought he was cool. And then, oh, like he was there for Never now. Dead. And he was there for Never Dead. And that guy has like the moment where he hits him on the shoulder and then he hits like, he has that prop thing where his head like comes down and like, falls into his hand or something. Yes, I all remember right. that. Oh my God. <sighs> that high school musical bit. <laughs> did you, did you ever play Never Dead? No. I, w- I really wanted to like it. Aww. I really, I really did because I love Shinta Nojiri's work yep. on Metal Gear. Uh, yep, yep. And he was one of the few people I felt like if Kojima were to step down, this man could step up and take the, you know, take the torch and run with it. Mm. Like he was he was the guy. Right. And it seemed like he was being primed to, to take that role. But I guess when he left, he, there was I guess there was an interview and I'm kind of paraphrasing it here. But he said something like, yeah, my boss wanted me to keep making sequels and I didn't want to do that. Something like that. Yeah. I get that. I mean, that's fair. You know, if that's, yeah. if that's not what he wants to do creatively, I completely get that. But man, man, what what could have been? Yeah, I feel like I should like replay Metal Gear Acid One and Two just to like with this far removed from being like care being being like so like like head full of like wanting to follow along with how how like the Kojima saga of Metal Gear goes like like just, and just wanting to see like. Like reassess, being like, yeah, how was that? Like other strain of Metal Gear, like as a story, like how did that go? They, like, uh, I, I have like vague memories of it because I did play and beat both games, but like I would like to like reassess them. Definitely, it seems like that's sort of a, a, a an attitude that's growing too. Now that you know the saga's over and Kojima's gone, people are going through those other games looking for more than than what they were used to, and like those are getting more attention now. Strangely <laughs> enough, so. Yeah, I don't know. And I always did like uh, actually like the turn based like strategy RPG thing with randomized actions based on your card deck. I was like, you know, this this actually plays really fun. Like I wouldn't like even if this wasn't Metal Gear, like this is a fun game. How has nobody made this again? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, But yeah, well, before we get off of E3, uh, I don't know. You think Kojima's going to show something? I mean, E3 sort of his thing, but at the same time. Uh, you know, he's sort of working with Sony very directly now. And if they're not at E3, then could he be like, I don't I don't see him going there without Sony. I bet if uh, if like he asked Jeff Keeley, like his his bestie, like, yo, can I drop by? Maybe I can drop by or like do a Zoom call and like being like make a thing of it. Oh, right. He would totally do that. And then like they would talk through like, oh, what's next for for the, the great Hideo Kojima? You know, yeah. have that kind of like story like and that's. I guess like like we were talking about like what E three is like going to be doing when doing now like why like after last year like now they're trying to come back with a vengeance so to speak and it's like that would that would be a way to do it too like maybe start pivoting to having that sort of conversation but you know we got to see how things well, are. You show might have like a little Games five Fest. second trailer, like a little five second trailer for us or something, you know? Oh yeah, just a little teaser thing where we're like we just walk away confused. We're like, okay, I'll take that. Death Stranding yeah. two. That's stranding or or like in the frame of the zoom call, like suddenly someone pops in and it's the actor that's the main main guy for his next game. You know, that sort of thing. You know. They're like have some reveal. It doesn't have to be like a thing that they rendered specifically. But yeah. Right beside each other and that like new immersive view where you're like standing beside somebody on the zoom call. (laughs) Um 
But yeah, no, I, I do remember his tweet saying, you know, I'm at work. I felt the energy of that tweet. Um, <laughs> you know, I do think it might be an opportunity for them to just do like a one on one. Uh, but like the blogger inside me is thinking as well. Well, what about that guy who posted the Ludens with the uh, <laughs> with the Xbox or whatever? Fuck, I forget what it was exactly. The Xbox guy. Oh, uh, Phil. And they're like, "Well, Sony's like, not here." Like in the back of his, uh, in like in the background, right? Right? Like, yeah, that's in the Sony light was up like yeah. in his bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who knows, guys? I have a picture of me meeting Kojima at the Smithsonian from 2012. <laughs> Do you think I might be working with him? <laughs> Post it. Uh, ho- hopefully, we get some some news at E3 because it feels like we're in like a, a drought for sure. It's just you know we're all just kind of going through our backlogs and still oh. playing Resident Evil Eight and stuff. You know, There's... it always feels like a drought when it's like we're starting to feel those rippling effects. Yeah, damn's gonna break soon. Talking about like selfies with Kojima at the Smithsonian, and I was thinking, yeah, I never did get a selfie with Kojima like ever. <laughs> well, you've met him a couple of times, though. I did get a selfie with Kenny Maizumi. I did do that. <laughs> I got one too. Ken's awesome. Yeah, Ken's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He people. is super nice. Uh, he did not have to give me any attention when I met him, and he did. Guys, is is the real deal. I got a picture with that old snake statue. Hell yeah, the Konami <laughs> yeah. HQ. <laughs> yeah, I still want to go there someday if they'll let me in the door. I don't think they will. <laughs> Shoot on sight. <laughs> Shoot on sight. Some cipher up there just flying around. They've got a poster up by the front desk that says, do not let this man in the building. <laughs> but it's just my avatar. They don't even let you on the elevator that takes you up to the floor that they're on. And I was like, nah, son. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, the elevator makes the fucking Metal Gear sound that goes, <laughs> like. <laughs> Damn. Like, Damn, that hurts. Maybe I'll take that picture of Kojima and make it like a... Well, it's already on like my Instagram somewhere. Make it a Patreon reward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, because, yeah. Oh, man. Look, that guess. cow. No, I'm just kidding. That Kojima picture of him at E3, drunk with the beer in his hand. That is my favorite picture. Yeah. I, I is that Rolling too. Rock? Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think it's. I think I have it somewhere. Hold on. I always think it's a Heineken or something because it's green. It was a green bottle, but yeah, could have been a Rolling yeah. Rock, the official beer of Hideo Kojima. Game developers, they're people like you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like more people could stand Man. to internalize that. <laughs> yeah, if people knew about how like development worked and things called backlogs and shit like that. Oh man, there's a lot of alcohol involved. So um. Yeah, do we want to cover, do we want to revisit RE8? We've all beat it. I think uh, the spoilers are kind of out there, so. Joey, I know you said to me earlier you didn't get a chance to play Resident Evil 8 yet, right? Yeah. Is that on your, is that on your to-do list? Uh, well, uh, it is insofar as I would like to beat RE7 on PlayStation VR before, you know, so in that way. But I'm totally, y'all can have the conversations because like, you know, what the you know the for me it's like I play the game and that's that's how I and that's my experience but I totally enjoy the conversations as well so y'all can just totally chat through it I'll still be here I'll be listening intently like, plug your plug your ears during spoiler parts okay <laughs> and then we'll get you through it 
Yeah, sure. You, you do you absolutely play seven on VR, man. Mm. Like, not even kidding. That's one of the best things ever. It's true. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah. I've I waited to play seven until I had access to PSVR, and I'm so glad I did because it, it without it, it's a it's it's a good game. With it, it's an amazing game. You think mm. it would make eight better though? Like, um, that kinda, is a, this this game got a little Call of Duty e. You know, in, in certain parts where it was just straight up, you know, just running around and shooting. I don't know how that works in VR, really, but I have some thoughts on that. But Days, I know you've also got some thoughts on this, so you go first. I wanna, I wanna know what you think on this specifically about, like, if it was in VR, if yeah. it was scary. Um, yeah. I was thinking more from a combat perspective too. So, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like they would have to make it a bit more on rails if it wanted to be like sustained and like a VR type deal. Um, the fucking baby part. I would not want to do that in VR. Jeez. Tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I know like last time we talked about it, it was less of a discussion and more of like nitrate popping off. Yeah. Um, All right. So, all right. So, Okay. He's gushing right. about it these days. He's, he's I am not he's gushing like, about, about it. it. I am my third no, playthrough. No, 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 no. He's talking about no. it more than I am now, and I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm trying to get to level 60. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so I am on my fourth playthrough. And <laughs> oh, my God. My third. I'm on my fourth, you bastard. Shut up. Shut up and let me finish. <laughs> I'm not coming out of this unscathed. This I'm, is your wait. This is your Village of Shadows playthrough. This right? is my Village of Shadows playthrough. Okay, so I mean, I'm. I will be honest. You are the reason I went through and started playing it again because I felt like you had enough to say that convinced me I did not give it a fair shot. So I went back and I really wanted to tear this thing apart, and. You know, I'm not sure if I have all my thoughts organized, but I have softened on it significantly. Um, I'm having a good time. I think my main issues are um God, and it's so it's so hard because I've been before I think I had too much distance from it, and now I think I'm almost too close to it, if that makes sense. Because I, I can I can speed through it pretty quickly now. I mean, I'm on my Village of Shadows run, so it got really hard really fast. But then once I sort of unlocked all the weapons and got them upgraded, even Village of Shadows became too easy. Wow. And I remember you saying, like, oh, even yeah. with the infinite magnum, this shit is ridiculous. That first, uh, that first segment of the game where you're being surrounded by the lichens is brutal on village of shadows and even with the magnum i i died at least like three or four times before i finally got through it but then once you get out of that and i i think maybe it was like a a, like a a psychological thing where i was i had it in my head that this was going to be harder than it was and then i started like breaking that down it stopped being as difficult and i'm still having a good time it's definitely harder but I'm not sure what that mode is balanced for exactly. I know you and I have talked a bit about how like there's going to be some kid out there who's going to, you know, knife run Village of Shadows and it's going to be ridiculous to watch. Right. Like I'm waiting for that. I want to see the person who does that. Um, 
but it's it seems too difficult for basic weapons and too easy for maxed weapons. So somewhere in the middle there, I guess, is where your is where your best experience is going to be. But I haven't quite figured it out. I don't, I don't know. They did say that they were going to make it a lot more enemies and make them a lot more frantic, but they they dialed it back. So. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just like during playtesting, they said it was just getting a little too crazy. So I don't know. This is where they landed. The main changes I've noticed are that they any hit will take you basically two hits and you're dead. Right. If you're at full health, two hits, you're down. The first health takes you to basically dead. The second one, you're done. If you're below full health, any hit will kill you for the most part. They've put enemies in places you might not expect, but not as many as you might think. That is actually one of my favorite parts about the difficulty rising, because they're very actually, I felt like that the enemy placements, as far as difficulty, is really, really thoughtful. Like, it'll be during, like, a chase segment where it's super inconvenient. Exactly, and that was one of the ones that got me. Or, like, like, a very claustrophobic boss segment. And then the third one is that, like Fingers said, the, the enemies are very frantic and they dodge a lot. So it's harder to land your shots when they're when they're bobbing back and forth constantly. Right. I guess my biggest issue with this with the game is and I know it's a Resident Evil game, but it honestly, it's the story. That's that's my biggest gripe, because I still think Ethan Winters is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think Chris Redfield is a bigger idiot, so I don't know. I, I will say this, though. Uh, I think I originally agreed with you when he was like, oh, you know, he should have, like, teamed up with Eisenberg. But, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, um, well. Yeah. I, like, if yeah, I, I get if it. somebody that might not have been the best conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Yeah, um, but Ethan Winters, I, God, he is a fucking idiot, but, like, I kind of appreciate that in a way, like, finding out, spoilers, like, we've been playing, like, an idiot bioweapon this, like, whole time. Yeah. It's very fitting. You made a mold. You said the best thing, the absolute best thing that I've heard about Ethan Winters is what you said when you said he is, uh, he has low emotional intelligence. Yeah. And that <laughs> instantly like made him make sense to me. It, it like mean, all of his dumb decisions. I'm going to go save my wife and my baby. Right. He is not thinking at all other than like, like what is, what is my situation? React to situation. Are you in my way? Well, I don't care what you have to say. Fuck you, buddy. It, it's like, almost like a, it, it's like a next level. Like everybody makes fun of snake for being like metal gear. And right. like, but one, it's like an it's a tool for exposition, so I never really minded it that bad. It's it's definitely not as bad as like some of the shit Ethan Winters says. And my favorite part about him, going back to the emotional intelligence, is for crazy shit in his life, he reacts very subtly, very nonchalant. <laughs> for not crazy shit, he fucking freaks out <laughs> and he doesn't realize that like he he's like one of the greatest bioweapons in the history of the series and yet like he never does anything awful with it he just wants to save his family so it's like it's endearing i don't know can we find common ground on this though that chris redfield is acting like a complete moron in this game oh yeah i mean they even say he's acting like a fucking moron in the game have a conversation like two, five seconds, five yeah. seconds, Chris. That's all you needed. Five seconds, and you could have avoided this whole thing. And like the funny thing is, 
you didn't even have to have that in order for the plot to progress the exact same way. Yeah. Like, it's right. literally only there to be a trailer hook. And it could have been like a co-op experience that way, too. Like, all right, cool, yeah. let's go do this together. It's like, fuck yeah. And <laughs> and on that, on that note, uh, with regards to playing it in VR, I think you both sort of hit the nail on the head with the with regards to the action sections. Most of that game, I think, would work just fine in VR. Um, and it would be pretty freaky. Uh, I think the, the part that would be the most effective for me is when you're in uh, Lady Dimitrescu's uh, cellar, where it's like the, the, the wine cellar. Yeah. Where it's like flooded, and I'll, and I'll say mm. no more. Like, that in VR would be pretty freaky for me. But when you get to the action segments, they are so fast and so frantic that I'm not sure it works. It reminds me a bit of, um, what was the Chris Redfield gameplay segment, deal, like the DLC for 7 called? Not a Hero? Yeah, that in VR was not as good. I didn't even know they had that in VR. Interesting. Yeah, and because well, it was because it was a little too frantic. You played it more like a traditional shooter. It was you were meant to sort of. It was less of a of a slow horror experience and more of a of a fast paced shooter. You know, they leaned more into giving you a bunch of weapons, and that's sort of the impression I got from the Chris Redfield segment in Eight was like they were trying to sort of throw back to that a bit, but but crank it up to eleven. Right. And and yeah, I think like you said, unless it was on rails, given how you aim in VR with your head, you're just going to give yourself a headache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I'm having fun with it. <laughs> I was farming on hardcore mode before I went into WoW and I I also actually have been doing a lot of mercenaries and I've been really enjoying it despite you know, the content just sort of being really like really basic for now. Um, back to your point about you know Capcom supporting Resident Evil Seven. Like I didn't even know that the DLC was also VR compatible. That just shows how much they supported it. Um, I hope they use mercenaries as like a jump off point because I would love to be able to play as like Jack Baker on mercenaries or like swinging the shovel around <laughs> right or like mia and have some sort of like special power or some shit like that like that's precisely what those type of games like the battle modes in re are for so i mean do, do they even have dlc plans for eight i mean i would hope so given like their history of supporting the mainline franchises like i hope yeah. i hope it's more like like seven and, and remake two Unless like remake three, and f- as far as DLC support, yeah, I mean remake two didn't even get DLC. I mean, yeah, it it, if it, it, yeah, it was called Resident Evil three, but oh. like, <laughs> did it? Yeah, did it get DLC? It, oh wait, no, it, you're it, right, you're right. It got the ghost uh, survivors. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, complete, I'm yeah. completely wrong. You are right. It was those like what if scenarios of those other characters? Yeah, I liked those a lot. Yeah, I just want, I just, I want that. That would be cool. So you win this round. Oh, nah, I'm just like, man, I rambled long enough to change somebody's mind. That's both super flattering and really depressing. I still have my gripes with it. I think seven is a more holistic experience. Um, I wish that there had been certain segments of eight that had been expanded more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I love the castle. 
I wish that had been like, you know, half of the game because I had so much fun in that part. Um, they really, I mean, God, you can tell when they realized that, uh, Lady D was going to be such a big phenomenon. Like they really leaned into the marketing to make her seem like a bigger deal than she is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I always like was, I was kind of, maybe this is like me being like genre savvy, but I was expecting her just to be like the act one tyrant. Um, it's like even Mr. X was memed pretty hard. At the end of the day, he's pretty much gone after Act One. Yeah, but he so. still kind of shows up throughout. Like I don't know what it is, but but like Mister X felt like it felt like he was around more than even she was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like he still had a presence even after you like so, dealt with him in a gameplay capacity. Yeah. So here's a question for you then. Um, given how reactive Capcom tends to be with their design decisions, do you think for Resident Evil 9 they're going to sort of, like, try to force to meme another character like her? I hope not. A ten-foot tall, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see them absolutely trying to make that happen again. I think they're gonna follow the same template. Like, clearly they've got something going on with memeing the tyrant. Um, even t- Ethan Winters, he's technically a tyrant, and we're all memeing him. <laughs> it's so funny that it's supposed to be like the big, bad, scary thing that we like run away from. We're just like, ha ha. Oh <laughs> like, no, she's going to get me. Into, like, Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine and shit. We're just like, ha ha. Smack it on his butt. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the, the memes that have water. come out about, yeah, she was not scary for a moment. Yeah. Um, but I didn't care. <laughs> It was okay. She was an interesting character. I will actually say that, like, yeah, I wish she had been in the game more because she was actually interesting. Yeah, it was cool with the lore that they tied in at the very end, like on a lot of those like papers and stuff where it kind yeah. of comes together. You're like, okay, okay. I thought, if anything, the characters, yeah, were pretty unsettling, like how she made the daughters and um, how they took advantage of the mold to yeah. do what they did. Shout out to Fish Guy. Oh, Mordeaux. Or Moreau. Can't remember his name. Moreau, I think. Yeah. That the helicopter guy. guy was cool. I've already seen so many like drawings of Moreau like being sympathized for. And I'm like, dude, he helped a like a baby like with chopping up a baby. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I, I liked his uh his the this <laughs> that gameplay section though, especially that boss fight. I mean the game had a lot of good boss fights. Uh, but I, I like just like using the environment in that boss fight and like getting around in the water. That was fun. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. My only gripe with Moreau is that I had to turn on subtitles when he talked. <laughs> that kind of made me mad. And I like <laughs> the uh, the tank controls part. Was Very is that bad. really what it was supposed to be? Like, was that a? Re- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's immediately what I said when that part happened. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, tank controls. Uh, oh come on. <laughs> There was a lot of little subtle stuff. Like, I think we were talking about it with Vincent. Like, at one point, like, Chris is smoking a cigarette, and the way he lights it is, like, exactly like his character lights it in the FMV from the original game. Yeah. I need to watch for that, because that's really pretty cool if that's what they did. I think, like, okay, I'm going to post this on my Twitter, too, but one of the daughters says something like, ha ha ha, your bullets cannot harm me. And like, I'm pretty sure that's a juggernaut reference. <laughs> they, you know, they were like 
major like lost boys energy for me. I love them a lot, and I love. And I'm gonna stop after I say this. My favorite like line in the game is other than my your, your bullets cannot harm me. Is uh like one of them spawns and she's like, I can't believe Cassandra caused all this mess, and like nobody <laughs> remembers that line but me. And I was like, oh my god, this is fucking hysterical. Yeah, they have personality. Uh, That's why I, I wish the castle had lasted longer because it just had so, it was bleeding personality. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. That's I, I get what you're me what you're saying by pacing issues. Um, but oh my god, I want to hear this poster story. What what are we talking about again? Where's okay, so. Joey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Ask me anything oh. All right. about crossing the gamer Delaware. <laughs> crossing the gamer Delaware. Uh, There's our so, title. Yeah. So for anybody, there there are people out there who probably know of you without knowing who you are because they've seen this painting, right? Mm. And. Maybe because it was in a it was in a commercial, wasn't it? Or oh, was it? It was. It was like a. It was. It was a, a marketing like a definitely a PlayStation like marketing wave for that year, twenty fourteen. Yeah, because yeah. it was like their big promotional push for the PS4, wasn't it? Or was that for the Pro or for the original? I can't remember. Uh, it was definitely the original. It was before Pro. It was uh, twenty fourteen. Right. Yeah, E three twenty fourteen was when they were painting that mural. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually paint, like painting it like in real life. There was someone there painting, painting, painting that thing. Yep. <laughs> that just completely blows my mind to this day that, that they had that commissioned. Um, so like, I guess if I'm going from memory here, so correct me if I'm, if I'm missing any details, but there was, um, they had a campaign where they were going to like memorialize a PlayStation fan in a painting and people voted for it. Right. Yes. And so I can't I can't remember who the other choices were, but but you were in the list because you had shown up for the uh, the worldwide launches of several of Sony's systems and were the first in line. And that was sort of what caught their eye. Right. Uh, so th- the way I understand it, because it's funny, because I don't even know the whole the whole deal of how I ended up on uh, in that like finalist bracket like to get voted on but like so it's like like over the years like i would just like pop up at like whenever they did like a sony event like in the in new york city like they would do like a meetup for fans of like the playstation blog you know like before they went to pax east like they would be they would have like they would be like in a hotel and just like you know set up kiosk and let fans go over there and chat with developers or whatever and play the games and i met met some people there and uh like I remember meeting uh, Dr. Richard Marks and Anton Michaela before they like unveiled the PlayStation like move stuff and like they were there like showing the demo stuff and I was like, was that you like in that iToy demo going fire? And he was like, yeah, that was. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That happened. Um, remember uh, 2011 or so when they were doing the world record push for Little Big Planet two, and they they were like I remember being at that event too because that was all that was also like a launch event for the game hit a point where like apparently like because then like uh, also they also did the place okay the launches that had been to the by then were the playstation vita launch and uh and then the playstation 4 one yeah uh but then like i remember just like going to the ps vita launch and then being like i'm 13th in line i could have probably could have like called off work or something and like lined up all day that probably would 
maybe it wouldn't have been a great use of time, but you know, it probably would have been cool to get that done. You know, I did get to shake Jack Trenton's hand as he left the store. So, you know, that was funny. Um, <laughs> but then, like, because the way the, the PS4 launch thing happened uh, was they were being like, oh, yeah, just drop by and, like, you know, uh, play the PS4 uh, games there. Like, if you, like, drop by the Standard Hotel, um, there was someone else there who actually was one of the finalists to get painted on the mural who, like, did... He he was the guy who, like, went to all, every single possible event. Like, he would, like, fly to, like, E3 and, like, other, like, you know, conventions and stuff, like, where Sony would have a presence. And, you know, he got, like, a, a rep at some point known as the PlayStation Blog Stalker. <laughs> but it wasn't oh, good fun, man. of course. It wasn't good fun. It wasn't good fun. You know, and he, you know, he liked the nickname, as far as I could tell, you know. Uh, but, like, he, he, he was the guy who got me the end to... To when they had this, the the PS4 like uh, launch event at the Standard Hotel because it was there for the whole week and it was the first few days it was actually more like for press to go because that was when like the press would go there and like get on site pick up their PS4s for their outlets and then like I guess like also do their you know those interviews they'd had to do with developers and whatnot and then like and then like play those games and then fly back to wherever uh, and Monday night, like, uh, I remember, like, it's just like, yeah, like, all those, all my, like, the people, like, I was fans of at Sony, like, like, Shane, who used to be at EGM, and, like, and uh, people that I would follow, like, the Giant Bomb guys, like, they were all there. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm just here, like, yeah, we kind of, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and it was funny, because, like, I remember, I think it was Brad from Giant Bomb, uh, shout out to, you know, because you're just, you're just dropping names left and right, man. <laughs> Yeah, but like uh, Brad was like, "So are you getting a PS4?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't have a pre-order." And like, uh, and you know, I remember uh, Jack Trenton was, or was was it? Uh, was it? Uh, I think it was. Uh, it was it Sean Andrew House or was no, it? No, yeah. no, Andrew House was there, was House, but it was also yeah. Jack Trenton. This was before Jack Trenton left because he was at the E3, the big E3, where he was like dropping the mic and shit. Right. But like, he was like, I remember like one of the one of the like the marketing like one of the interview like pull quotes was like, "Oh yeah, you'll be able to walk into a store and buy a PS4." And I was like, hey, uh, it was like, and I was like, I don't know if that's true. I'm not being able to pre-order. And then I was like, I told that to Brad and he was like, eh, hang around this week. Uh, <laughs> he was like being, trying to be as coy as possible. But like in retrospect, I'm like, you just gave it away that they were going to sell PS4s right there. <laughs> and lo and funny. behold. Yeah. And then like th- that morning, Wednesday morning, I saw a PlayStation blog. They were like, yo, buy a PS4, drop by. And I was like, all right, I'm a. All right, I guess I'll I'll do that. And I went. I basically went that morning after reading the blog. Like it was, I went straight there, <laughs> and then and you got first in line. Yeah, and they were like, because uh, the one of the I don't know if it's still on YouTube. There's a video where I'm just like out there in the cold morning, and it's like I have a mic on. Yeah, I have a mic. I'm holding a mic, and I'm just like, say I'm just waiting outside the standard hotel, and it's like cut. They do like rapid cuts of like people playing the stuff and like game footage. And then the, the end of that commercial, that little mini trailer is like, sounds like you first in line. And I'm like, am I? <laughs> because I, really- I totally did not know if I was. Cause, uh, cause like there was no official like line being going on there, you know? Yeah. I remember seeing that. Uh, and, yeah. and I was watching that kind of in disbelief. Cause I think you, I can't remember where it was. I, I don't know if you posted it in discord or on Twitter or something. But you shared it at one point, and I was watching that like this is surreal, man. Because like, because uh, you know, I had known you from from Metal Gear Solid, the unofficial site, like yeah. years and years back. And I'm like, oh my god, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing my wife like, come here, check this out. Look at this. You're like, like that. You're like that Leonardo DiCaprio, like Wolf of Wall Street, pointing at the TV meme. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly that. Oh. Okay. And then uh, I remember, like, uh, at some point, I was like, at, at some point, somebody from Sony was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know about Joey. Like, he has a rep. And I was like, I have a rev? Oh, God. Make it <laughs> an impression. Fuck. Yeah. I get, like, upset when, like, people at, like, the local restaurant or, like, the coffee shop know my name. Oh. For, like, Sony to know, put, have you on a first name basis. Oh, Lord. I would delete my PSN account, fuck. <laughs> so then they uh they do that campaign for the painting and you're in the list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just that when when it got announced that you got it, I I I probably like laughed for 5 minutes. It was so unbe- <laughs> it was it was surreal. Not not because yeah. it was funny, but just like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like like that was incredible that they did that. Yeah. Um and like you've got the actual painting too, don't you? Uh, the actual painting, as last I recall, it is still hanging in the cafeteria at Sony Interactive. Oh, okay. That's, so that's they, what they told me. So they kept. The I have a link. replica of that painting. Got it. Got it. Because the 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 like the the marketing company that 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 was part of that that did that campaign, uh, at the time, like they were based in New York. And like I had dropped, I was like, they were like, oh, you want to drop by? And I was like, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you live once. So like, you know, they can be that crazy. Right. And then they had the replica right there. And they also had the actual painting there for me to take pictures next to. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Hell yeah. And they had a replica like made on the canvas thing with the frame. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can take this home. I was like, fuck yeah. Did you have to pose just, for like, it in my room? Huh? Did you have to pose for it? Uh, I didn't have to, but they were like, do you want to? I was like, ah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, when they oh, oh like posing for it, the actual you? mural, yeah. Uh, they what's funny is they had me like they had me send like reference shots of me like in that pose, not necessarily wearing like that blue hoodie with a uh, with a white shirt and jeans. That was I was like just wearing like all black, like just black, like 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 short sleeve thing and and jeans still. But I was just like, yeah, I'll stand like that. And this was at the time where I was like, I guess they're just getting reference shots for everybody, you know, just in case, right. depending on who's winning. I was like, I didn't win this. I didn't win this. <laughs> and then <laughs> you totally like, won. I was like, oh, I did win this. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. God, and that mural's got like, that's got like Big Boss in it and Scorpion and like freaking Minecraft Steve next to Claire Redfield. And, like it's like Kevin Durant rowing the boat in the back. <laughs> Yes, he was the yeah he was the cover <laughs> athlete of that year I think yeah. It's, it's oh funny like I, I joked about it before, but yeah, there's a lot of a uh, year one PS4 launch era people in there. I'm trying to remember if Nax in that. I should I should look in that. The Traveler from Destiny like is in there, too. right? Like, like the Hunter and floating in the background. Mm-hmm. Man, that's just surreal. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking like, oh, you know, if uh, if I wanted to like like edit the mural right now, I would just like change that traveler into a giant Emil head from Near, <laughs> because we love Near now. So you know, have a giant Emil head staring down at us. That's fun. That's a that good time. That would be great. <laughs> that that yeah, would be. I know. Meanwhile, perfect. like us Destiny fans are in an abusive relationship with Bungie. Uh, yeah, so I support that decision. They How lost the... me when they took out the loot cave. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, like I heard like you can go back to the Cosmodrome now but I'm like yo can I chill in Pride Rock and shoot in the loot cave yes no no <laughs> aw it'll make a joke but at I bet you, Pride though. Rock is still there though I bet Pride Rock is still there though that's what I call that little rocky stand on <laughs> to be just far away <laughs> enough to shoot into <laughs> cause I was like yeah that uh, looks like yeah but then like yeah uh, it's Destiny's Summer Destiny, of Love yeah. 
Yeah, apparently, uh, Luke, I mean, Luke, Jesus, uh, the Vault of Glasses is back, like that raid, and apparently it has a, a nice remix element to it. Some things are different. And I'm like, I don't have time to go back into Destiny 2 and enjoy that, but I'm glad people are liking it. It's like, oh, uh, God, I really do wish I could just, like, jump in there and play that, but, yeah. Man, that is a topic that we're going to have to get into at some point on the show. Like, I was about to say, we're games not as a, tonight. Yeah, no, like, games as a service have... You mean gas? Yeah. Gas, uh, gas, gas. <laughs> and it, I cannot contribute that amount of time, or contribute, I can't commit that amount of time to a game anymore. Like I have a I have a Final Fantasy 14 subscription that I am neglecting right now. You know? Oh my god, I was gonna say, is it, are you just gonna are you just plugging that money in monthly and not playing it at all? Kinda, kinda at the moment, and that's not good. That's how they get you. I remember 2008 and like listening to people on podcasts going like, I have a WAP subscription, I don't know why I haven't unsubbed, and I was like, things don't change because I want because I want that sweet squall gear. That's why. <laughs> gotta gotta stay active for a year. Damn it. <laughs> Are you uh, hyped for the new expansion, Endwalkers? Dude, I, okay, I'll, to be honest, I have only started recently, uh, and mm. I'm not even through Heaven Sword yet. Mm. Yeah, you gotta be patient with new players, because they gotta get through all those campaigns, mm. bit by yeah. bit. Dude, I, those, people are crazy about that game, buying the Butterfingers and shit. I, I bought the Butterfingers. I yeah, yeah, the cross marketing's crazy with that. When it was Final Fantasy VII Remake's promo, they let you get crunch bars for that, so I did that because Crunch Bars and Yogurt is a fun combo. And then mm. this time for Butterfingers, I was like, God damn you guys. <laughs> and I was like, I saw, oh, hey, one of the eligible products for this promo is uh, a, ba- a bag that has like the little mini uh, candies, yeah. candy bar versions of, uh, of the stuff, Crunch and Baby Ruth and Butterfingers. So I got that. So at least have some variety. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because my sister's the one who plays the 14. I was like, yo, okay, the code's yours. And she was really happy. This so, is going to be my uh-oh. last word on 14. But mm-hmm. I, I, I bought into the Butterfinger promo twice because, you know, my wife and I both play. Um, yeah. And and that's fine. I, I realize I'm a schmuck, but I'm angry because they changed the recipe of Butterfinger. I was going to say, like, it's like more <laughs> I don't remember of a wafer. Butterfinger sticking this bad to my teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, an, it's more it of is. like a wafer than a chocolate bar. Yeah, and I'm not happy about it. They changed the recipe of Butterfinger. They changed the recipe of Coke Zero, and I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> it's like, enjoy this thin layer of chocolate as this peanut butter flavored amalgamation begins to disintegrate your teeth. I'm like, ah, and great. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah. Wendy's mm. Wendy's also snuck in a new chicken tenders formula in 2020. Those they bastards. thought that they could get away with that. <laughs> uh, we found out. Not in Hell Year 2020. We, we already yeah. got so much else on our plate. Kojima frequencies exactly. on the case. <laughs> All right, Joey. We appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank uh, you so you much wanna... for having me, Jenny. Yeah, man, it was this fun. Was, this has been a good time. Had to talk about Gundam. Had to talk about a Konami <laughs> game. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play that P Cross game. Yeah, man. If you want to plug where uh, people can find you online, you can go ahead with that. I mean, I, I'm on Twitter. You know, just uh, Shinogu S H I N O G U. I don't tweet often, but uh, you know. I appreciate followers. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Twitter, you know social media is a hellscape. So, you know, just... Uh, All right with that. Yep. As, uh, <laughs> as they say in that one show, there's nothing fun about social media. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs>